This call is Hello. being recorded. Hey. Hey. How's it going? I just, I just did a bite of my wrap. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Oh, it sounds like it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no. Do you need me to let you go so you can finish? No. What I kind of wrap is it? I'm just going to pop it in the fridge. Um, I'm gonna grab a drink for this. It's what? I'm grabbing a drink for this. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, what what I kind of wrap is it? Is it Jimmy John's? Oh, it's, <laughs> no. It's going from the dining hall on campus. Oh, okay. Has... So you're at school now? Yes, I am. I moved cool. in yesterday. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. It's pretty fun. Do you have the same roommate? Uh, I don't have a roommate. I have a mom to myself. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really big. Yeah, cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You can have some parties parties in your room. Every day, of course. That's good. That's good. <laughs> cool. Do you have your own fridge? Yeah. Audrey or Gabe, Audrey's brother, let me borrow his. Oh, cool. Let me borrow, let me borrow his. So you got room for all your bubblies. Oh no, I might oh, yeah. have to start my car and drive away. There's a guy, a shirtless guy walking towards me. Oh no, no. I'm definitely, he's looking right at me. Look away, look away. He said run, run. I don't know, he's getting closer and closer. Oh, I think he's walking by. He definitely has something you? sticking out of the back of his pants. I don't know what that is. That's oh wait, he's scary. turning around. <laughs> yeah, I'm black in my car. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what he's saying what? to me. I said, he looked at my tax and came back to say, uh, I'm from Polk County. And then he said, oh, I used to live there. I don't know what he's oh. got sticking out of the back of his pants. I just don't really. Oh, he's probably a nice man. I'm so unchristian right now. Yeah. And on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that is so shameful of you. <laughs> I don't well, know. What's, it it looks like two. What? Sorry? Huh? Because they haven't been feeling any better. Instead of going to church this morning, I just watched Hell's Kitchen. So. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went to church. At least I went to church, you know. You did do that. I'm I'm proud. Yep. I did that. did that whole church thing. <laughs> <laughs> did my daily dues as a Christian. Yep. Check mark. Done. Good. Well... Okay, so, well, I got my Bible. I don't know if I'll need it, because you can probably carry this podcast, right? Uh, definitely not, but we'll see. <laughs> so we're going to talk about trees. Uh, well, did you want to talk about something else, or did you want to try to do that? We can do that. That is fun. Well, is, is there something else on your mind besides Hell's no. Kitchen? Okay. No. This one, uh, one of my coworkers came into my room today. She's giving me, I don't know, what is it? I'm going to go headache. I had a really bad headache all day. No Wait, she gave you headache. what? She gave me something for headaches. I don't oh, yeah? What you don't know what it was? You just took it? Yeah. That's always smart. That's that's a good thing to do in college. Someone I just met, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's the college experience. Someone hands you a pill, you can take it. Ask questions later. Yeah, I didn't even look at it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> But, um, it's a little pill. <laughs> you sure feel a lot better now. It's 
good. This Walmart is here. Now there's somebody cruising by in a little uh, electric uh, wheelchair with two flags sticking out of the back. I think one of them might be a Georgia flag, or maybe that's a Florida Gators flag. I don't know, but she's she's got some speed right now. It's an interesting day out here in the Walmart parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) She's really cruising. It's kind of funny. (laughs) Sorry. What? Which Walmart parking lot? Uh, take a guess. <laughs> Are you at the Treasury Treasury Drive? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, because it's so sketchier. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody <laughs> drives over here from Polk County, as you can tell. My tags also say Polk County. I really love Polk County, but they sure are some weirdos. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, she came into my room to give me a pill, and um, she looked, looked around for a second and just kind of looked at me. She's like, are you religious? <laughs> and I was oh. like, yeah. <laughs> well, technically, I was like, I guess. Instead of a Christian, she's like, oh, okay. Because, like, earlier today, she offered me weed. <laughs> I just, like, politely <laughs> described. <laughs> she asked you what? She asked me if I wanted to smoke with her. Oh, she okay. Yeah. I was like, no, yeah. good, thank you. And then she came in and she saw, like, I don't know. The only books I have is, like, three Bibles. Uh, the Great Divorce, Near Christianity. No, four Bibles. And then, like, I have Philippians and Ephesians, book of, book of Philippians and Ephesians on my wall. And that's what she looked at. And she, like, slowly turned to me. And I was like... <laughs> like I'm, so I'm assuming I'm assuming she's probably not religious then, I guess. No, 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 no. no okay. No. Um. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, I got uh, I went by McKay's and I found three more uh, books for you that I can give to you next time I see you. Uh, C.S. Lewis books. Oh, so really? I can't remember which all they were. One was Miracles. Uh, I can't remember the other two, but they weren't the ones you had though, because you have Miracles. Yeah, Miracles and Great Divorce, but. So there yeah. were two other ones besides that, but I don't know. Yep. Okay, cool. So, so she oh. she asked you this question after you took the pill. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was it was literally it was medication. It was something for headaches. Yeah, I'm sure it was. It was. Like, I, I don't know, but um, yeah. Actually, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. There is another one of my other coworkers in my hall. Um, his name is Abel, and he's named after Abel. <laughs> oh, that's I'll, neat. Cool. I've never met, I've asked him, I was like, is that some, like, candidate? And he was like, yeah. I said, I've never met anyone named after Cain or Abel. I said, probably should be Cain, but he, he just laughed. Yeah. Ah, so is, yeah. He, is he Christian or religious, or? I don't. No. I'm assuming so. I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. Huh. I think my floor is a good good mix. You said there's a good mix there? I think so. This other girl was wearing, like, a shirt that said God is good or something. It was like, and then there's another guy who is enough, is very, who I think is, if not Christian and conservative, because um, he's in, like, the student military thing. And I talked to him, and he was just, you, you know, you can just tell. 
Like, he's just, like, yeah. like polite and, like, not that other people aren't polite, but, like, how he, just how he talks and how he carries himself. And um, so I think he's probably um, Christian or something, or at least, like, a more on the conservative side. And so I think, yeah, I think it's probably, like, a good, like, respectful mixture of people and differing beliefs. Oh, okay. Which is cool. good because cool. yeah. I saw someone who, in he was my friend's roommate last year, and he was like, um, I don't know, I'm not clicking with any of these people because we don't believe the same thing. Which is like, I understand because when you don't yeah. always have conservative views, people kind of hate you for no reason besides that. Yeah. So I was like, well, I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't want to tell you. Is it just like, you just gotta keep going. If you don't want to talk anymore, and then quit. Those are your options. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about trees. Okay. All right. All right. So, which one do you want to start with? You want to start with the fig tree or no? Sure. We can do that. Okay, do you remember what that one is? No. <laughs> what, you don't really? Oh, man. No, oh, okay. wait, let me see I... We're, no, I don't remember. We're talking about what they symbolize. So, okay, the best, the best of my... The best to, like, the way I understand it, I'll, you know, and I could be wrong, but I just, like, going through um, that verse. I think I mentioned that to you last time, the verse in um, First Samuel where it says, like, man... Does or God does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So you're trying to look at, like, the heart or, like, character or nature or whatever you want to call it, the spirit of the, of the, the kind of, like, essence of it or whatever. I don't know. So anyways, the fig tree, um, to me, it's, like, uh, the, a lot of people, I think, say it's a symbolic of Israel, and I think that's true, but I think it's more symbolic of, like, a tree of repentance and the fruit. Yeah of the fig tree like the fig is repentance like the tree is i guess could be israel or could be just any person like it could be a person but the fruit of the fig is actually like the fruit of repentance like where john the baptist tells the pharisees like bear fruits worthy of repentance um yeah so yeah so the reason um that i kind of came to that there's a passage in luke that i really like because luke like, he's going through and he's talking and, like, all of it, everything he's saying is about repentance. Um, it's Luke 13, and he's talking about, um, you know, my title of it, it says above 13, it says repent or perish. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, it says Luke verse 5, it says, I tell you all, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And then right after that, he also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why does it take up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it, and if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that you can cut it down. So he's talking about repentance, and he's saying he can't find fruit on the fig tree. So if you go like back to Genesis, which is like the first time it mentions the fig tree is actually in the Garden of Eden, and it's when they sin, and it says they cover themselves with the fig leaves, 
And then God goes to Adam, and he's, like, looking for Adam, and he just finds Adam and Eve, like, covered in fig leaves without any fruit, you know? And it's the same, mm-hmm. like, image of Jesus going to Israel later, and where they, where he goes and curses the fig tree. And he goes to the fig tree, and it's like, it has, it says, I think in one of the Gospels, it says it has leaves on it, but he doesn't find fruit on it. So, it's like, uh, in Job, I can't remember what verse, but it says in Job, that Adam tries to hide his iniquity. Like it says he hides his iniquity in his bosom. So he's like hiding behind the fig leaves. So it's kind of, remember like when we were in Greece, like they looked like hands. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Like the fig leaves actually are like five fingered kind of hands or whatever. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like he went and found this. Adam looks based, Adam and Eve, they're covered in fig leaves. So they looked like literally like fig trees that had leaves, but didn't have any fruit. Um, like any of that fruit of repentance. So that's hmm. how I see it, at least. Yeah, the fig that is that. Yeah, and it seems to like, it's one of those things, like I feel like any symbolism is like that too, though. If you take it and you try to put it in there, like it doesn't always fit, and I don't know that it should always fit, but you can, um, like, I, I don't think it's necessarily an analogy, you know? Like, I don't think you can be like, oh, the fig tree always means this, or it always works this way. Like, every time you see fig tree, it 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 means repentance and only repentance. Like, I think it can mean repentance, but maybe it could mean something else, too. I don't really know. I just don't want to limit it to that, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. So... But it's it's kind of cool because, like, then you have the passage in, um, what is it, uh, Jeremiah? I don't know if you're there yet, but the basket of the figs, two baskets of figs. Did you get there yet? I don't Probably think not. so. Yeah. No. Because you've been, you've been busy moving anyway. But they, um, he, uh, sorry, I was getting a bunch of texts. Yeah, it, Jeremiah says, like, he saw two baskets of figs, and one of them had good figs in it, and the other one had bad figs like so the figs were so bad that they couldn't be eaten so it's kind of this like mm-hmm. uh you could see it as like one of the baskets had true repentance and the other one kind of had this like false bad <laughs> repentance you know just like um yeah i don't know i could probably give examples of that but i don't know that i'd probably offend people if i did <laughs> <laughs> Well, in, Maybe you uh, could say it's kind of like Judas in a way, like feeling sorry for yourself. Or, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. I don't but. So just because, like, I knew there was one in Kings, and I couldn't, or one that I had read recently, because it did do Kings recently. It was also in Hamilton, like the musical, like super relevant. But um, says everyone under, or during Solomon's lifetime, Judah and Judah, and Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, lived in safety. Everyone under their own vine in their own fig tree. Yeah. So, like, if we're yeah, assuming, yeah. like, that, like, kind of, like, your own responsibility, kind of? Yeah, like I guess you could look at it that way. Yeah, yeah. I think it's meant because, in that passage just, like, kind of trying to show that everybody's going to be living in kind of their own... Their their life is going to be very fruitful, and they're going to be kind of in their own garden that's producing fruit, and you'll have enough to invite people under it. But mm. you could still see it that way, though, as like you're, I mean, because you wouldn't have that without actually your fruit. I mean, through repentance of being close to God and being, yeah, responsible for yourself, I guess. Right. 
Yeah. Um, oh, wait, no. It was one in Micah. Micah. That was in Hamilton. Again, irrelevant. But I just I just pulled up like the website I used for like quick reference versus in yeah. fake trees. But um Micah four four, everyone will sit under their own vine and their own fig tree and no one will make them afraid uh the Lord Almighty has spoken. So again I feel like if we're taking that in or if we're seeing fig tree as repentance Yeah. And like almost in actions, then it is, like, to me, it's your own responsibility. Everyone will sit under, like, what they've done and what they're going to do with that. And then the following one will make, I guess I need more context in Micah, but that's another, like, it says a lot of times that people will go and sit under big trees. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's. That's interesting. It reminds me of uh, what's his face? Uh, so that Nathaniel that Jesus finds. He says, "Before I called you, I saw you under the fig tree." Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So is that maybe like sitting? Not like literally sitting, but if it because because it keeps saying sitting under or being under a fig tree, maybe that is like remaining in sin and not repenting, or like if. Oh, I would see it more as like you. He saw him. Uh, he saw him um, in a kind of repentant state. Like I saw you under the fig tree, uh, or oh, I don't know. Okay. It's weird. It's I mean I don't know. I guess you could see it different ways. I've never really like thought of. See, it's interesting. Like I don't want to like. Uh, it's interesting to try to apply it in those areas. Um, I uh-huh. don't know that I've like. It feels like I'm making a stretch. Like when you are, so I'm not like saying, oh, it definitely means that, you know. But it's kind of interesting. Right. Like if you try to see it that way, because you could almost see it like Jesus looks at this fig tree, or, like, you could say just, like, an invisible fig tree. Like, he's seeing all of Israel as a, just a giant big fig tree, and Nathaniel is living inside of that fig tree, and Nathaniel could have actually been, he could have seen him as a fig, you know, he's actually this ripe fruit of repentance that Jesus goes and just plucks from the tree, you know, which, that's kind of how I would see it, but I don't know, but like I said, I feel like, like, that's, taking symbolism and kind of making a stretch where you're like, oh, well, this is a neat neat message I can preach off of, you know, <laughs> which yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah. doing. But but uh, but I don't know. But I think in a lot of instances, like, like I said, that passage in Luke and then in Genesis, even the first mention of the fig tree, it seems to be, um, that kind of seems to me like what it symbolizes is, and Judges 9 is probably one of my favorite passages for talking about trees and different plants because it goes through, I think I told you that, it lists through different mm-hmm. trees. It's yeah, saying like, yeah, and then the fig tree actually talks back. It actually speaks and it says, should I cease giving my sweet fruit and stuff like that. And so I don't know. It's just kind of like that. I don't know. To me, it's like that's what would taste sweet, that sweet fruit of repentance. But I could, you know, it's like, again, people would probably say I'm like stretching that. That's just kind of like taking, trying to create some poetic imagery off that. But I basically kind of base, uh, I think I base most of my, that being symbolic of the fig tree being symbolic of repentance off of that. The gospels basically like Jesus going to Israel looking for, he goes to the fig tree specifically. He goes to Israel and doesn't find fruit. And it's the same thing in Genesis. So I think that's why I see it that, that way. Um, and that that really that passage in Luke too, I think, is 
pretty clear <laughs> that he's specifically yeah. talking about repentance and then says, I come to this tree over and over and I can't find fruit on it. Like, I can't find this fruit of repentance. So, I don't know. But, yeah, it's just fun to, like, I don't know, once you kind of see that, to, yeah, like, you, like you're doing now, plug it into, like, everywhere you can and just see how it reads like that, you know? Like yeah. sitting under my own vine, my own fig tree. Or then the other one I like too is, uh, do you remember Hezekiah? Have you read that story yet? Hezekiah? With um, the king of Assyria and he comes to King Hezekiah. It's in the book of Kings and no. it's in Isaiah. Have you read Isaiah? Yeah. So yeah, it's it. about in the middle in the middle of Isaiah, like where it stops the whole poetry thing and it gives a story. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that yeah, was like yeah. a couple earlier this year but anyway you what i read isaiah like at the beginning of this year oh yeah yeah it might come back to so like he's basically it's hezekiah and then this big this king the king of assyria comes and he comes to attack uh jerusalem and he and he keeps saying like who's this god you trust in like you're uh, hezekiah is trying to make you trust in this god i've already destroyed all these other nations their god didn't protect them blah 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 so it goes through this mm-hmm. whole thing and then Hezekiah basically, like, goes to the altar and pours out his heart to God. It's, like, crying out for help and mercy and everything, and God delivers him. And then, like, toward, at the end of that passage, it talks about Hezekiah being sick. I think it says through that. Like, it's really kind of interesting because you could almost take, like, you could almost see uh, that king of Assyria almost being his sickness at the same time because it says in those days, like, in those days that as king of Assyria was um, attacking Jerusalem, it says, in those same days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. Um, and it's weird, like, at that very end part, it seems to kind of, like, sort of mingle the two stories together or something, to where you could kind of, I don't think they're the same thing. Like, I don't think the king of Assyria was his sickness, but you could kind of see it as an analogous for it or whatever, if you wanted mm-hmm. to. Like, if you're going through something, it's really pressing against you, saying, like, who's this God you trust in? Like, you know. Anyway, the solution yeah. is, um, I think it even says that Hezekiah's heart, it might not be in the Isaiah part, but it says like his heart got lifted up in pride at one point. And then Isaiah's solution is like, take a lump of figs and apply it to your sore, basically to your wound or your boil, whatever it says. So like, if you just apply the symbolism there, it's just kind of neat. Like take this, take this like fruit of repentance and just apply it to that open wound you have. Like just mm-hmm. keep applying repentance to it and, wait for it to heal, which, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's weird because, like, every time I try to apply it in weird scenarios like that, I feel like I'm stretching the scripture or something, you know, but I don't know. Yeah. It just kind of creates different imagery, I guess. Well, when I told, like, I don't know, even with simple things that I feel like makes a lot of sense, like the whole, this is way off topic, but the whole, like, um, Barabbas thing and how he symbolizes, like, humanity being set free because of Jesus's crucifixion, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I was like talking about this to my mom. She's like, I've never made that connection. And I was like, what? And so then maybe like, well, maybe that's not true, you know? And they like never, that, it was just, What did what? they say exactly? Sorry. What What did they say? She said that she never made that connection and she just, oh. it's just representational of the Jews and, like hatred for Jesus. So was like, yeah, but this and so I don't know. Yeah. Even with things that I feel like make a lot of sense, people still will think are like a huge stretch, you know? 
Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's kind of weird because it's like you can. I feel like God, when he wrote when he writes the scriptures or you know writes them through people, and he picks people out in history to put in his scriptures. I feel like he picks people that he can use almost as archetypes. Do you know what that is? Or archetype? Um, yeah, archetype. Um, an archetype is like like the highest ideal of a certain thing. I guess is the best way to describe it. So oh, like okay. if you had um, like uh. I, I can't remember all of them. There's like a list of them. Like I think a, there's like a list that someone gave at one point. But there's like you know the um, uh, the sage could be one. Like this high arch or like uh, the king, you know, is another one or something. So like these, you hit this peak moment or like this highest point of like this is the the perfect uh, manifestation of what um, like our description of a king should be or something like King Arthur maybe could be kind of an archetype for that or something. I don't know. So anyways, I feel like that happened. So like Barabbas, I feel like it's kind of like that in a sense. So you're like, it was a specific man, but then he also symbolizes all men that fall under that, that category or that character, that nature, you know? Yeah. Almost all men because. Yeah. Yeah. Except for like specifically like murder and, yeah, yeah. So like Adam, yeah, like Adam is literally like I mean you could literally say it's one man or but it also like whether it was one man or not I don't think is even like to me I don't even feel like like that's worth me arguing about because I'm like he represents all men because literally all men go through that same process that Adam went through as every man eventually like plays wants to be God of his own life and his own god and so it's like adam represents all men um job i feel like is another one like job was probably a real specific man but his name means i think sufferer so it's like he's kind of an archetype for the the suffering man you know like any man who is suffering can find himself under that that frame or that uh whatever mold whatever you want to call it that uh of that job is because he's like yeah uh kind of the symbol of the suffering man, I guess you could say. Something like that. Uh, yeah, Judas, really I feel like, is another one. What? It's really what? interesting that his name means that joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, which is, like, which is really interesting because, like, it could be that was his real name or it literally could, like, he could have just been, like, I mean, his name could have been, like, Bob or whatever and God just called him Joe because, like, his true character and nature was Job rather than his actual name. Like, I don't know. Right, like, right, to me, right. it's like, I, I, the, I don't know. I've gotten to the point where, like, the historical accuracy uh, of being that accurate isn't quite as important to me because the, I guess the, some, the I guess the, some, some, I don't know what you would call it. The symbolic nature of it is so incredibly profound and accurate and uh, precise that, like, it's, to me, that just declares over and over and over the truth of it. Like, it's not even not even like one time in history this was true. It's like, this is true repetitively, over and over and over. Like, the suffering man can go through the same process of Job, where you're like, you don't know what's going on. You're crying out to God, but you're kind of accusing him at the same time because you feel like he's being unjust. Uh, it's like everybody, everybody that's going through suffering can kind of see themselves in that same book of Job and in that same in that same man basically yeah and then Judas I think is another one he's like the the that's one I kind of like too because he's like the archetype of the betrayer so it's like 
when when uh Judas is damned to hell, it's like it's not Judas that's damned to hell. It's like it's the betrayer. You know what I mean? Right. It's like it's like Judas reached this peak point where like he he peaked at this point of becoming the betrayer and so at that point he like was the betrayer and so that manifestation of that that character in time, that archetype of the betrayer, it's that frame or whatever that's like that invisible whatever. I don't know how do you even describe it really. That spirit I guess is 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 what's actually like damned. And so like you can you can like I think you could inhabit that and then repent from it later. It's just like that that archetype is um is like yeah, is not I guess yeah, it's it's cursed, you know. Yeah. Does that make it's sense really at all? Yeah. No, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting with your friend because it's like, uh, yeah, it's like you could you could see it either way. I mean, Judas was a real man, so it's like, yeah, you read it as he's a real man, but then it's like he's also so many different men. <laughs> like, I mean, we constantly people will say that. I mean, you hear that people use that term like, well, he's a Judas because they're saying he's a betrayer, you know? Yeah. Like they use that term. Yeah. They don't mean he's actually Judas. They mean he's a betrayer because that's what Judas symbolized, you know, at that at that moment in time, you know. So. And if you read the Bible and only take it so, like, extremely literally, then, like, what are you going to get from it? Because it never would apply to the you're not then. Yeah, yeah. You miss a lot of, like, hidden gems, I feel like, when you when you take it that, when you take yeah. it only literal. Like, I think you should take it literal, I guess, also, but then, yeah, when you take it only literal, you miss you miss a lot. When you When you start to question yourself, well, am I making too much of this? It's like... Just keep chewing on it and then see, because it'll probably make more sense if you... I mean, there's some things that I feel like I've done that with where I'm like, okay, this is not... I'm just... My mind's trying to make something out of nothing, and I just got to spit it out. But if you just chew on it and meditate on it or whatever, sometimes it just opens up into, I don't know, crazy wormholes, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I agree. I don't know how we start talking about that. Because oh, of Barabbas, Barabbas yeah, being the, uh, yeah, yeah. So, what exactly do you think he symbolizes? Like, do you think he symbolizes Adam in a way, or all men, or um, I, would I say guess he would. Because, yeah, yeah. Like we are not, we are saved and we are redeemed and set free because of Jesus and because of what he did. And Barabbas was literally set free, released. Because of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. And his name means son of the father. And then I think it says, uh, it might be in Job again, too. I have some more places than one, though, I feel like, where it talks about, like, don't we all have one father? Like, God's all. God's the father of all of us, you know. So we're all. And if, yeah, Brabus's name means son of the father, then we can all find. We probably should all our yeah. find, all find ourselves there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, with Jesus dying for us and us getting away. Yeah, so I don't really think you realize what he, uh, not you. I'm talking like the royal union. Yeah, yeah. people realize what would have actually happened if Jesus didn't do that. You know. Yeah. But um, and but since he did, obviously we don't have to go through anything. Of, you know, basically repentance and then living, trying to live the holy and righteous life. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know where I was going with that thought. No, that was good. Yeah. You were preaching the gospel is what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> you already know this better than I do. No, I don't. I don't. You do. I feel like, you? no, not, eh, no, I complicate it too much. <laughs> with all my weird, my so. weird symbolism and typology. Yeah. So anyway, what's, what's another tree, though? Which, we should oh, get back um, to that. What is it? Palm trees. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That one I like so much. Your your insight on that. Okay, so I told my it, mom that she was not impressed. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, it seems like people sometimes just don't want to hear it. Sometimes it involves thinking, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh okay, and I was like, okay. I, I feel like she would have the same reaction, which is like, I don't know, maybe she'd like it. I don't know. It's one of those things too, though. I feel like if it came from a different person it might register differently, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, it if your mom like, heard it from a friend, it'd probably register differently. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely true. That is definitely 100,000% yeah. true. Yeah, and if I if my mom heard it from someone else, or heard it, or even if she heard it from me, but it was in, like, the right setting, she'd, she'd probably hear it better. But it was, like, you know, maybe if it was, like, if I just said it non if it was like the wrong setting, she might just think I'm talking about something crazy and weird again, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. I do that a lot. She'd be like, whoa. What? Oh, she'd yeah. Like, read it yeah. yeah, but I'm usually talking about something kind of off the wall, so she's like, yeah, tune him out because he's probably talking about something heretical again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, oh, yeah, so that one, okay, I guess we'll get back to that. So that one, I... Yes. Um, I wish there was more. I don't know if there's more references. I don't know. That. I thought I might have put them in my book with that picture of Tamar. But that's one of the... I really like that picture. That's the one I like. That's the picture I like the most is uh, the story of Tamar. I know in that psalm... I can't remember what psalm it is. I'll try to find it real quick, though, just so I can give a reference. Um, but the psalm is probably the best, or I feel like most clearest description of the palm tree where it says it's a symbol of, like, righteousness or... Uh, living, uh, standing upright or standing righteous, you know. Um, do you remember yeah. what it was? Oh, here it is. Psalm Psalm 93, verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing they sh- to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. And so, and I think in Song of Solomon, it says your stature is like a palm tree and your breasts are like its clusters. Of course, you got to add that. Of course. <laughs> yeah, the coconuts. Um, of course. But the one, oh yeah, Tamar though. Tamar is like, her name means palm tree. So I always like that. that um, and then she does something very scandalous with the whole uh, tricking Judah, her father-in-law, into sleeping with her. But then at the end of the story... Yeah, at the end of the story, he says, she is more righteous than I. And so I always kind of like that. Like, her name means palm tree, and then he looks at her, and he says, she is more righteous than I am. So it's kind of the symbol of righteousness. Yeah, but then you pointed out, you should tell this part, the the whatever in the gospel. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that's what my mom was, like, poo-pooed on, but that's okay. Um, Yeah. Well, I don't think you're, I think you're, like, really way more accurate. Like, I don't think it's one of those weird, 
like we were doing with the fig tree where it's like, let's just see how it applies here. Like, I think when you actually apply it there, like it makes a lot of sense. I don't know. I don't think it's like stretching it at all. Anyway, go ahead. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, when Jesus arrived to the city, you know, shortly before his crucifixion, they praised him. Assume, and you know, they were assuming he was going to save them from the Romans. Um, that they praised him with palm fronds. So, in knowing that palm trees and you know, uh, resemble or yeah, not resemble. What's the word? I'm, represent represent yeah. righteousness. That only makes sense because he would be the only one, the only righteous one ever be so yeah. or ever walk the earth so and it would yeah and you say that's like a stretch then like but it's it's too coincidental at that point because why like that seems weird you know they didn't they didn't yeah they didn't in any other way but it was palm fronds like that just seems too specific. yeah it's palm trees yeah yeah i thought so too and it kind of like i like the picture like if you imagine in your head like it kind of like, just imagine you're kind of looking from, like, far away or something. Like, it could almost look like these palm trees are, like, bowing down. Like, these leaves are just kind of falling to the ground and Jesus yeah. is walking over them. Like, and he's, like, you're more righteous than I. You're the righteous one. Here's my righteousness. Yeah. Here's my righteousness laid before you. You know? I yeah. just like that a lot. And the other part I like, too, here's the other reason I think, like, it's not, um, um, that, that I think it's really good and, like, I think you're really accurate with it, too, is that uh, it. I just I can't remember which gospel I was reading, but it said that um they the another thing they lay down is their robes. And I think like multiple times I think it's multiple times. I know at least I know it's another I quote Job a lot. It's another part in Job where he says, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. So like he uh mm-hmm. you're wearing righteousness as a robe. So like I think mm-hmm. there's a, maybe a part in Isaiah too of wearing it like like a robe and so they also throw their robes down too. So it's like yeah, they are like laying their righteousness before him. Yeah, yeah, that's really yeah. cool. I like that one a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that one I feel like would be the easiest to initially understand because yeah. of that um, correlation. But um, yeah, my mom was not amused. I texted it to Luke. Let me see what he said. Hold on. I don't know if he was necessarily amused. Because I was, it was texting, so I didn't really didn't get his like actual reaction. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just go up a little bit. Well, I, okay. I really hope our moms don't think we were talking bad about them, because that's not what I was doing at all. I was more talking bad about myself. You. That I'm always saying, and I'm, no, I'm always saying, <laughs> no, so it's like it's not always saying that well, because I, I don't, I feel like I don't formulate these ideas very well either, and I just kind of throw them out there kind of scattered and so they're not very I don't know probably not I think that I think it's also like no never mind I won't say that because it's going to sound mean but I'm so not yeah. but anyway um, I texted Luke and he said dang where is that connection made I'd love to see that I've never thought about that before and I said I the connection was like made in my head <laughs> like there is no like it doesn't say anything about that in the Bible about like that's specifically why they use pom poms and like 
No. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. But, you know, I heard this term that was really cool. It stuck with me a lot. But I think, you know, it's it's one of the things I was thinking about. And I'm like, man, I feel like people could really pervert the idea if you take it too far and don't. Um, But it's called, I guess it's a Jewish term that they have called stringing pearls. And it's like where you take one scripture and it's like it's kind of a pearl. And so you put it on the necklace and then you get another scripture and you put it on the necklace. And you're kind of like weaving all these verses together and it's making sense, you know. Yeah. And so I kind of like that. And I feel like that's kind of what you're doing is it's kind of weaving these. So you have palm tree here with Tamar and he's saying she's more righteous than I. So like he because her name means palm tree. So you're like, well, why does that even relate to what he says? Well, it's like he gives a description of her heart like god does not god does not see as man sees but god looks at the heart and so judah says of her she's more righteous than i he's giving a description of her character and her nature and so it's like mm-hmm. yeah so it's like that's why that makes sense so then you got the psalms verse so then i don't know i feel like that idea could maybe be taken the wrong way though where people are just tying a bunch of scriptures together that they want to make something of. i don't know but I still like the idea and the, the the idea of that whole stringing pearls or whatever. I don't know. It's kind of neat. No, yeah, I like that too. But, I think it's a good way to to view it and a simple way to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't did what do you say when you give him the other verses though? Did he say anything about that or no? He did. I'm going back. Oh, you don't have to. You don't have to read it if it's well, it's, if it's not good. I'm already there. I'm already okay. there, Jason. He said All right. I see, I see. Not a bad thought, my friend. Not a bad thought at all. That would make sense. And oh, nice. then we talked about Jesus weeping in Jerusalem. And yeah. I said, well, we just need to talk about this. Oh, and then we started talking about doing a podcast. So I guess he really didn't. Oh, wait. I did send him what you said. He answered to that. He said, um, interesting and upright stature refer- refer- referencing righteousness, maybe a slight stretch. No, I don't know. I haven't done that, any actual research. And then, huh? And then what you said again? He said, "Okay, I got you. I could see that." And then when I said, "Well, when you talk about babies going to heaven," he said, "Yeah, that'll be a tough one." <laughs> so then, the yeah, okay. huh? <laughs> that'll be a tough one. Babies going to heaven. Yeah, I don't know why. I guess, huh, to me, upright stature would mean, I don't know why, I never thought about that, why I made that connection in my head, uh, why that meant righteousness. I guess uh, standing upright. Um, Well, you know, there's this verse, um, uh, I think it's in Isaiah, and it says, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. And the plumb line is what you set, uh, like, up and down, you know. It's to make sure make sure something is standing straight up and down. Like, if you're building a wall, you want to make sure it's not tilted one way or the other. So if righteousness right. is the plumb, not plumb line, you're making sure it's, like, perfectly upright, not tilted. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. There's there's another pearl. Put it on the necklace. It's on there. <laughs> it's on All right, the necklace. Good, good, good. 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 Yeah, so I don't know. Okay, what's another one then? Um, I'm trying to think. We do the vine, like uh, grapevine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that, um, to to the best of my understanding, that's like good or bad. Um, I still don't think I really understand that one all that well. Well, I mean, I guess all these I still don't have that much understanding on. But this one, it's like, I guess I view that as just um, 
the pleasure, like pleasures, um, which could be good because it's like symbolic of, uh, you know, making merry, rejoicing, um, like celebrating. So that's like a good side of it. But then overindulgence in those things, you're just drunk and throwing up and vomiting and you're dizzy and you can't see straight. And it's like very, <laughs> it's very yeah, it's very literal, but very like you just take the literal aspect of it and then you get the symbolic aspect of it or the spiritual aspect. Like you overindulge in your pleasures, um, food, whatever. It's like it dulls your spiritual senses and you become drunk and seeing you can't see, hearing you can't hear because you're so fleshy and consumed with your own pleasures and stuff, you know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Or even not even just fleshy pleasures, I guess, to other other pleasures of the soul or the mind. Like if you're just uh, binge watching a show, even like you get up, like if you spend hours and hours binge watching a TV show, you get up from that and you feel a little weird in your head. Like you feel like you're not, right. or at least I do. I feel like I feel like I'm you kind know, of. I don't feel good like physically. Yeah, yeah, physically or mentally. Like I feel like I'm crawling out of some weird mental state, and I have to kind of come back to reality or something. I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it either. But then again, I still do it sometimes, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I do it too. It's, yeah. Anyway. Well, here's the other part I don't know. I'm still not quite sure what to make of that. Is it's also symbolic of, like, blood and, um, um, like, the harlot Babylon, you know, she gets blood, uh, she gets drunk, so she gets drunk, like drunk off the of wine, but she gets drunk off the blood of the saints and the blood of the righteous. And so, um, and then there's this there's this weird other pearl to put on the necklace where it says the life of all flesh is in the blood. So it's like you have kind of blood almost being, uh, it's not like the same, but, you know, there's kind of this weird parallel of it being similar to wine. And so mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what to make of that yet. Like, I can, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Any thoughts? I don't know. That one, I, yeah. think, I think it's it's hard to not reach so far where you're like, well, now I sound like a crazy person, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I feel cause like... I feel like... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. you. No, you. Okay, all right. I guess I was just saying, like, I feel like I feel like I would take it and maybe say like you're you're drunk. They get drunk off of like sacrificing, um, like not even so much, not even like you don't have to go so far as saying like physical martyrdom, but uh, sacrificing the righteous or treading them under feet. Like you would tread grapes under feet to make wine. Like you take grapes and like like trample over them. And so you're trampling down the righteous, you're trampling down uh, the godly people, you're trampling down the things of God and his ways, and you're um, like just stepping on them, and then you're getting drunk off of that sacrifice. You're um, rejoicing in it, I guess. Yeah, that's where you're, that's where you're finding, your, you're, getting ple- you're taking pleasure in rejoicing in those, and sacrificing those things. So that's where I would kind of go with it, but I don't know if I'm, like, yeah, making a stretch there, or I don't know. Right. But it's, yeah, it's see, weird, because, like, when you read about it in Revelation, like, that, you, that's kind of exactly what's happening. So, like, I feel like I'm not making a stretch by saying that, but that, because she is, she does get drunk off the, the blood of the righteous and stuff. So it's like, 
I don't really know how else to read it. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. But. I don't know either. That one, I just, I feel like I don't have enough of a solid understanding, I guess. Because of, yeah. I don't know. Because it mentions, it just mentions talking about, you know, vines and grapevines and wine and drunkenness a lot you know, in different ways. And it's not all negative, like you said. Like, it's, like, in moderation. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know yeah. about this one. It's I don't like, uh, myself. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not bad. Like, half the time it's good. Or maybe most of the time right. it's good. Because it's talking about, like, yeah, the the New Jerusalem's going to drip with sweet wine and, like, the new wine and, like, all this right. stuff is, like, it's this new celebration, this new joy, these new pleasures, these new, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so there's all this but good. And I'm not sure what to make of the... Really yeah, there's a verse... Yeah, I don't really know what to make of the blood thing. That's why it's interesting because it's, like... Because it, there's a verse in Deuteronomy when it, he literally... I think it's Deuteronomy 32 and Moses says, like, we drink wine, the blood of the grapes. Like he literally called it the blood of the grapes. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what are you rejoicing? But what does that even mean? Like, what is that symbolic of? Like, what is the, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, the feel blood like, of the grapes. I feel like somebody, I feel like there's someone else that's just going to like, it's just going to click in their head so easily. And they're going to be like, oh, well, that's, that's simple. It's like these. Uh, the fruit of the spirit, or so I don't know. It's just going to make sense to someone else. Where my mind yeah. can't really wrap around it that that well. I don't know. Well, I would understand that verse specifically as the fruit. I mean, the blood of the grapes, just quite literally being the the juice of the fruit. But like, yeah, because like the the our juices is blood. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, but I that's a know. weird parallel, though. That's a weird similarity to like right. to make yeah. that yeah connection. But then, I like, don't know. That goes perfectly with they'll get drunk on the blood, you know, like uh-huh. they'll get, you know. So it's, I think it's there is something in wine representing. I don't say blood. It was gross, but like, kind of. Yeah. Like, well, I would say about power. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. See, I don't know yeah. about it. I don't know either. Like, I'd like to be able to piece it together in my head, and yeah, it does seem to have this weird sort of like dual working or something, where like it's good, but it's also like <laughs> kind of bad in a way because it looks like it looks like blood and looks like like slaughter. And so it's, like, even the image, like, I drew that picture of Jesus on his horse, like, where it says in Revelation, he's going to trample the, the grapes, like, and the the wine's going to come out, you know, of the, the wine press up to, like, I don't know, yeah. some height. So it's like he's on his horse just trampling down all these grapes. And then Isaiah, I love the passage, towards the end of Isaiah, and it says, talking about uh, that kind of that same imagery and it says why is your apparel red and like one who treads the wine press and I think he says I have trodden my enemies alone or something like that like he's he's trodden down his enemies and it's their blood that's splattered up on his clothes I was like man that's so intense I just I love like the poetic imagery of it though but I'm like I don't really know 
uh, it's hard to see it as a good thing, you know. I'm not really sure where to go with that. I don't know. But yeah. It, oh, I yeah. mean, it is good, but it's, yeah, I don't know. And yeah. So that's the vine, I guess. Yeah. Vine. <laughs> yeah, what's another one? The only... Um, there's uh, there's probably I mean there's probably so many more I know I'm gonna forget some there's two like I feel like I could maybe hit real quick the oak tree seems to me to just be like you like strong uh, I think I think the terebinth tree I think is a type of oak so I think where you see like I think it's the terebinth I could be wrong I don't there's like also a tamarisk but I don't think it's that one I think it's the terebinth tree but I think it's a type of oak and so I think the oaks are just like uh, the Oaks of Bashan, where it talks about that, or however you say that word, it talks about them being strong. Uh, it might be the book of uh, Amos. Um, I don't know. There's one verse I know of where it talks about, um, it literally says, like, that it, it describes them as being strong. Um, man, I probably need to find it. I should have probably had all these. There's just a lot of references, you know? I don't really know. Oh, wait, here. <laughs> Let's see. Amos 2.9. Yet it was I who destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars, and he was as strong as the oaks. Yet I destroyed his fruit above and his root beneath. Yeah. So, I mean, you could kind of get that just from, you know, just common knowledge that oaks are strong and they're hardwood and they're sturdy. And uh, But yeah. but it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of cool to see it in the Bible. Like, I like being able to see, like, oh, God gives a description of what this tree is like. So yeah, that and then the cedars are the you know cedars are tall and their their heights reach above others. Um, so they're I don't know it's not like not like either of those are bad, but they can be you know if you trust in that strength or if you trust in your own height. And because uh, you see like people being referred to as cedars, like their height was above all the other trees, and they gave shade to all the animals of the forest. Like every all creation could find shelter under it, and so it's kind of this. You see it as a city or a civilization growing up and being this refuge for every every living thing to come and nest under. And then uh, its height gets lifted up and it exalts itself and then it's chopped down. Uh, mm. Yeah. Which mm. is happens over and over in civilizations. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. There's a passage in Ezekiel and it, uh, I think it's the same part where it's talking about the kingdom, the king of Tyre. Or it might be, no, it's actually he's talking about Egypt, but he refers to the different nations as, as cedars in Lebanon. He says, who are you like? He's talking to Egypt, and he says, who are you like? He says, you're like Assyria, a cedar in Lebanon. So he's like, both Assyria and Egypt are like cedars in Lebanon. But he also compares Lebanon, he says, it's like the Garden of God. It's like the Garden of Eden. And so you could see all these nations as having grown up in this garden of the spiritual garden of God and uh and then they get you know, they exalt themselves above the other trees and no other trees can find, you know, water or stuff or yeah. whatever, and then they get chopped down and yeah. So they lift themselves up in pride and so they get cut down. But I, I like I really like that passage in Ezekiel because it really opened my eyes to see like the Garden of Eden is not a physical garden. <laughs> like it's not, sorry, but it's it's a spiritual garden, and it exists mm-hmm. like today. It's like it exists globally. It exists individually. It exists like within you. It exists all around you. Like it's just, it's the garden of God. You can 
uh, tap into it or find yourself outside of it, you know, whenever, I don't know, <laughs> in this yeah. life and in the next. So, yeah. I feel like I rambled. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. That was good. That was good. Ten out of ten. That makes sense. That made sense then? Good. Cool. Yeah, it did. The last one I can um, think of is the olive tree, but I feel like there's more right. than that also. There's, I just feel like, I re- okay, I really want to know why this is not getting on topic, but I want to know why all the trees in Europe are half painted white. I think that's really weird. I don't know why they wonder, do that. But Greece they, and Ukraine both did that, you know? But didn't they paint them? They painted, it wasn't just olive trees, it was just trees. They would oh, paint the right. bottoms well, of them white, trees. yeah. I yeah, don't I don't know why they did that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Mm. Mm. Anyway, know. so that's like anointing with oil, right? Yep. Yeah, that's how I've always seen it. It's like, it's not just Christianity too, but I think other, because uh, you know, Athena is the goddess of wisdom in Greece. So it's kind of like you could see it almost as wisdom also. I think there's a few different ways to see it, like, it's the anointing. Um, it, you pour it on somebody's head, and then their face shines. So they kind of are like glowing, like the sun. Uh, they're, um, and the sun is kind of, you know, like they're kind of, they've got this glory about them. Like it's this, yeah, which could be wisdom. Like they've had this wisdom poured out on them, so they're glowing with wisdom. Like is the Ecclesiastes says, a man's wisdom makes his face shine, and so you kind of have that little reference there. But then it's also like you know, it's a, a for kings. Because um, you anoint like David was anointed king, Saul was anointed king. They had oil poured on their heads. Um, so it's like, it's a kind of it's like honor and glory. You could kind of see it that way. Um, it's a symbol of kind of like honor and glory, which can come through wisdom, mm-hmm. I guess too. But because I think it's Judges nine, it says he, they say to the olive tree, "Come and reign over us," and he says, "Should I cease uh, producing my fruit, which I use to honor God and men?" So it's like he used the fruit honors it like creates honor and uh glory, I guess in a sense, and that they pour it on someone and they shine. Um yeah, so that's how I understand it at least. But but I mean it's used for a lot of stuff too. Like it's uh I, I don't think you limit it to that because there's also the oil that they used for light in the temples, they used oil to um uh burn the I think the incense or there was like a fragrance that they used with oil, the holy there's a holy anointing oil. There's like the incense. So that's, um, yeah, so they anointed the priests. Also, you anointed kings. You anointed priests. Um, but then you also burnt the oil for lights. So you have, oh, that's another one. Yeah, I forgot about that. The two olive trees um, in the Bible. So there's the two anointed ones, Moses and Elijah. I'm just going to say it. It's Moses and Elijah. Sorry if that makes people mad. <laughs> but that's what it is. It's the law and the prophets. It's the two witnesses. It's the Old Testament and the prophets and the old law, and they both point to God. They're two witnesses. So Moses and Elijah, that that's I'm sticking with it. <laughs> you could also say that it is it represents like this is probably a stretch, but like new life or just newness in general with Noah and um and the dove 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's good, because that's the first mention of it, too. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So he sends out the uh, dove, um, which most people see as, like, the spirit or whatever is, I don't know. I always see the dove as more, I think I told you that, more of, like, um, more because it talks about the dove is mourning, like it moans, it mourns, um, mm-hmm. and it, so it's, like, this peaceful, uh, be harmless as doves. It's this peaceful, like, creature. Uh, it says that. Um, I thought like it talks so many times in the Old Testament. It'll, it'll mention like lamenting and mourning, and it'll talk about being like doves. And so it's kind of I don't know like if your heart's in that posture of like lamentation and mourning, and um, maybe that's what kind of uh, brings back this I don't know symbol of peace and this this anointing. I don't really know. I don't I don't know. But I yeah. love yeah I love that imagery though that where he sends out the dove and it brings back the I think it even says it has olives on it. If I remember right, the freshly plucked olive branch. Yeah, and so it was significant know. enough to say that instead of just like a leaf or a branch, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, one other thing I want to say, though. I do think that the two olive trees are also um, Israel and the church. So, mm-hmm. um, because Israel is still living under the old uh, Levitical law of Moses. So that's Moses. They're still living under Moses, and then the church is living under the fulfillment of the prophets, sort of, that Christ came and everything. Um, that John the Baptist was the greatest of all the prophets. You know, he was Elijah, who was to come, and he preached Christ, and Christ came. So I think it's both. Like, they're, you know, it's Elijah, and it's Moses, but it's also the law and uh, the prophets, like the, the the actual scriptures, and I think it's the Jews, or the Israel all of Israel and it's also the church um, I don't know that's just how I see it but oh, it could good. be anyway so I should probably throw that in there so people don't think it's just that the church isn't involved in any way because <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think I do involved. think they're one of the anointed ones but I don't know what that means so you will probably be like well what does that mean for that passage in Revelations where uh, the two witnesses prophesy in the streets and then they get killed. And I'm like, well, work that out in your own head. That probably means you're going to get martyred. <laughs> so that's what I would yeah. say. But, yeah. So, that's what I think. But And like throughout Exodus, it says like several times in olive oil for the light. I think we uh-huh. said earlier about it, like having a correlation with light is, has weight to it because I think it's like three or four times, like, in almost yeah, the same yeah. chapter, and like I don't know, one of the later chapters back to this, like olive oil for the light, and olive oil for the light, olive oil for the light, and it's like, oh my yeah, god, yeah. okay, we get it. So that reminds that me helps. actually of the another tree too, but yeah, that that's a really good. I don't know, I like that. I don't know what to do with that about it being the light, like the because I think it says in Exodus like you need to bring freshly pressed olives or something for the light. Like it says something like that, like fresh pressed olives. So it's like, like other than reading that poetically, I don't really know how to take that because I'm like, like, like having me like the times when I'm pressed, you know, feels like when I'm actually squeezed and pressed is like, like to read it poetically, it makes sense to me like that, you know, right. like that's God can produce like anointing through that or, but I don't, other than that, I'm like, I don't, I don't really know exactly. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, how would you take that with the, the for the light? I don't. Besides the fact that it's oil, so it just naturally shines. Yeah. I think, but there, I mean, I think it's 
don't know. It's, you know, it's weird because it's, it's interesting reading, you know, that part in Romans, too. It talks about the two olive trees. That's another uh-huh. place where if people want to ask, like, who the two witnesses are, it's like there's, I think it's Romans 11. It talks about Israel is the natural olive tree and the church is the wild olive tree that gets grafted into the natural one. So it's like there's two olive trees right there. And it talks about that they, but they take their their fatness in that they take the oil, basically the fatness of the olive tree comes from like the root, comes from Christ. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just another scripture. Around there. I'm not sure what to make of it, but it's kind of <laughs> neat imagery, I guess, again. I don't know. But yeah, it's kind of, yeah. I don't know if it'd be wisdom also as like, in, you know, it lightens your eye, I guess. I don't know. I'm not really sure. The fear of God brings enlightenment. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's like in numbers, yeah. you know, it's, so many freaking times, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. As, as an offering. And so it's like it has value, like, like physical value, too. Yeah. So it, it uh-huh. has, like, I feel like it's so versatile that I can't figure yeah. out what it actually, you know? That's true. That's a good point because I feel like, yeah, where I said it could, like, it could be, you know, it's, to anoint priests, is to anoint kings. It's like could be seen as wisdom. That's cool that you bring up that it's versatile because I think that's one of the reasons the Greeks uh, kind of associated it with Athena because I think there was some story where like she's in a bet with some other god of like who can give man the best gift or something. And some guess I can't remember one. I wish I could remember the story. I'm just going to butcher it so bad. I don't know. One of the some god gives this man this great gift and it sounds like absolutely amazing and she gives man the olive tree. And it's like she wins because the olive tree is just so versatile. Like you can use it for food, you can use it for light, you can use it for like so many different things that like it was just like the perfect gift, especially to their culture and their area. It was like the perfect gift that like helped just sustain their life the most. And yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's very versatile. I don't know. The other one though that I don't know why I forgot, almost forgot this one because it's the name of the, the podcast is Almond Tree. So, oh my gosh. That one, yeah. So that one's like, like okay, it, yeah, the, you know, the menorah, right? The candlestick or whatever, you know, that they made yeah. for the temple. Yeah, that's, yeah. and if you read it, it says each branch, uh, they put on almond blossom, you know? So it's like, it, it's a little almond tree, basically. It's this little tiny almond tree you're carrying around. So, and it receives, uh, in the book of Zechariah, it talks about the two olive trees, and it says they drip into that that candlestick. They drip that those olive trees, that anointing that gives that like lights, um, drips down into the olive branches, and they receive it, and that gives light. So the word the word for almond um, in Hebrew, like in Jeremiah, there's like a play on words at the beginning because he said it's very similar to the word watch. So it's like mm. the almond tree can kind of be seen as like watching or like it can almost almost be seen as your eyes. Like the lamp of the body is the eye. And so the lamp mm. is the actual menorah. It's kind of the almond tree. So he says, uh, he says, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he says, I see the branch of an almond tree. And God says, good, for I am ready. Or, or he says like, uh, or he says watch or something like that. Watch for I am ready to perform my word. So it's like he's, that word watch and almond, I think are almost the same. So it's just kind of like, that is kind yeah, of like, like the light, the light of your eyes. What? Sorry. He's gonna see like you're watching to see my word fulfilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the almond tree is kind of like watching 
it's the light of your eye. It's it's your eye. You're you're watching and being attentive and being aware. In Ecclesiastes, it says, "When the almond," it's talking about someone when they're dying, and it says, "When the almond tree blossoms, uh, the grasshopper is a burden and desire fails." Or that's what mine reads. It's New King James. But then I looked up a lot of other versions, and it says, "When the almond tree is despised," and I kind of almost mm-hmm. like that better. Like I like blossoms because it kind of reminds me of that the almond tree, I think, is the first to bloom every year in spring. So it's like the first to come back to life from the dead. So it kind of has a symbol of resurrection and like of coming back from the dead. So I like that imagery also because it reminds me that like death is not the end. Like like the almond tree is going to blossom, like new life is coming from this death. You know, mm. so I like mm-hmm. that that my version says blossom, but then I think when it says despise, it almost makes more sense because it's like when the light of your eyes, when you come to that point of your life when desire fails and like your eyes are just dim and you're just the you know your life just is bleak and you're just kind of tired of it and you're you know you're worn out and you're tired and you just want to go to that, that eternal sleep. You know, mm. the almond tree is mm-hmm. despised. You're kind of you're you're tired of watching. You're tired of looking. Uh, mm. Your eyes are so dim. I guess when it talks about people's eyes being dim in the scripture, that's what it means. Like their eyes are dim with age. Their their uh, their hope and their future their future isn't as bright. Their future is kind of dimming down. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's kind of, it's kind of sad, but it's it's very poetic and cool. It is a little depressing, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. But I also like the uh, um. There's in a the my goodness where is it it's in Genesis it's um it's Bethel I think the house of God like it is originally called um Luz or whatever I, however you say it it's L U Z and that means almond tree or almond or something mm-hmm. so it's kind of like he changes the name to Bethel which is like house of bread uh, or, or no Bethlehem is house of bread Bethel is house of God or something like that so um. But he ends up changing the name of the city. But Luz is the place where Jacob lays down his head and gets the dream of the ladder going up and down to heaven. And he says, this is surely the house of God and, you know, or something like that when he wakes up. But the name of that place was uh, originally like almond tree or something like that. Yeah, because I think there were a lot of almond trees in that area. I don't know. I'm guessing. I think I heard that one time. (laughs) But don't quote me on it. (laughs) So anyway, that's kind of that's kind of when I first kind of took that uh, almond tree name, or well, I don't took it, but you know, like was thinking about it a lot, or I just kept, I literally just kept like picturing it over and over in my head, and there's just like this weird thing where it was just constantly like on repetition in my mind. I couldn't stop thinking about it, even if I tried, and it was, but it was right after like Verona died, and so, but then I saw it as kind of like. It was kind of, I, I kept seeing it as like the dual thing of just like, of death and life, like death and resurrection, mm-hmm. both are the same, because it was like, it was kind of a symbol of the the first thing to bloom in spring after the winter, after the, after all nature kind of dies and goes to sleep, it's the first to resurrect and first to come back to life. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I like yeah. the whole kind of. Isn't it? It's kind of a cool... I like the almond tree. It's neat. I like that it's the menorah, too. I just love that it's the the candle of the... I didn't know that for a long time. And then I finally made that connection. I was like, oh, it's actually the lamp of the... The lamp of the body is the eye. So it's actually the, 
the light of your eyes. But it does have that weird co-working with the, I guess, the olive tree also in the oil, you know. It needs that. Because um, what, the ten virgins, they don't have oil and they can't go out, you know. Mm-hmm. In their lamps, mm-hmm. they have a, yeah, but the oil, too bad, so sad. Well, it's like, it kind of, Oh, no, never mind. Well, that's kind of what? Well, it's like the is seeing and, like, you know, represents, not, I want to use the word vision, but not really, but, you know, kind of. But you use the word what? I was, I'd like to use the word vision, but I don't think that's the right word. But, you know. No, I can't. You, I you what you mean, though. Okay. And then, like, but then, yeah. like, if they correspond, but like with the olive trees and olive, one of the many things you do with olive oil is like like lamps, which is light for sight. And yeah, see. yeah, that makes sense. yeah. That's really interesting too, because like if it isn't like what would light your lamp? Like if you if you look at light and it's like most simplest form, like back in Genesis, I feel like it's just kind of hope. You know, it's like Pandora's box. Everything you open up the this world of sin and chaos, and the only thing left in the bottom is somehow there's hope left in there. And it's just kind of like mm-hmm. mankind still has hope. And it's like, well, what is that hope other than the the fatness? Like, what what is the olive tree drawing its fatness from is Christ. Like, he is the hope of the world. So it's like that's what actually lights that almond tree, lights that, that candle or the lamp or whatever. It's like that's the, the hope of all mankind. I don't know. It's kind of... Mm-hmm. But then again, it's like, well, then I'm saying, well, the olive tree is then... It's it's hope, but I mean, I guess it would make sense to say the olive tree is Christ, also. So like, you could you yeah. get away with that. <laughs> yeah. We could just say they're all Jesus, and then we'd be safe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Except for maybe the thorn bush, but then I don't know because maybe God came to Moses in the thorn. I don't know if that was a thorn bush or not that it was burning. I have no idea. Yeah. Some people like to say it was some like hallucinogenic bush. That's a pretty good theory. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it'd be cooler if it's real. Why don't we go that? Yeah. Moses took too many mushrooms in the woods. Yeah, probably. He took pills from people he just met. Yeah. His his roommate come in. You have a headache? Take this. (laughs) (laughs) Moses, take off your sandals. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I probably shouldn't make those jokes. Uh, why not? I get it first, though. So it's yeah. But that was fun. I wish I could remember more. I'm sure there's a lot more. I know there's... Oh, wait. Uh, so there's the... Is it acacia tree? Do you know how to say that word? A-C-A-C-I-A, I think? Acai? Acai. Acai. I always said Akai, too, but I don't know if that's wrong. I'm going to look it up. We're going to search it. I don't know. But that's one. I don't really have much knowledge on that. The only thing I know about that is I think the Ark of the Covenant is made out of that wood. And so then you have, like, in the book of Joshua, they they camp out in this... I think they camp in a field of those trees or in, like, a kind of a wood of those trees. So it's kind of... The only thing to me that was kind of interesting is, like, if you're looking from a God's eye view up from heaven, it would kind of almost look like like you see this this patch of all those trees. So it kind of looks like the ark is, like, right there. And then you have all of Israel camped within that little ark. I don't know. It's 
probably a stretch or something, but that's all I could really make out of that one. I don't really know. I don't have much, as, enough knowledge on all the trees over there to really know, but I know there's yeah. more, like, I think the one Jonah sat under is, like, some specific type of tree also, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what kind of tree it was, but... Um, and it's a pronounced uh, acacia. Acacia? Well, I okay. So we were kind of, we had to meet in the middle there. I said acacia, you said a kai. Right, oh, it's acacia. So. Oh, it is acacia? Did you hear her? Acacia. Oh, okay. Well, so that works. Acacia. Yeah, so I know that's another one. But I think that one's like supposed to be like, I heard it's like a black or a really dark wood, and it's actually thorny on the outside. So I feel like there's a lot of like, I don't know, uh, I don't know, like, poetic imagery or whatever symbolism in that too the fact that the ark is made out of out of that type of wood because it is really weird yeah. for god to specifically request that wood to so i'm sure there's a lot in there that i just don't really know yet but someone else right. is probably like maybe someone else will listen and be like i know all of that you guys are so stupid probably <laughs> yeah. are these jokes why <laughs> they don't know anything it's those fools those stupid Westerners, Americans, Dummies. go to your Starbucks <laughs> and watch Star Wars. <laughs> Take your opiates and buy too many houses. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I need to watch that movie. I know. I should yeah. probably watch it again too. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ding dong. I only want yeah, yeah, ding dong. It will never be enough. I mean, I also agree with that. So, yeah, an excellent song. <laughs> an excellent song. <laughs> excellent song. Volcano man. Volcanic mm. protector man. You melt my melting heart. <laughs> Oh man. Well, thanks for doing this. This is fun. We should think of more things. Maybe we could try to do yeah. animals next time. We could probably I could we could probably find some animals in the Bible and let's just make up a whole bunch of crap about them. I'm just kidding. Can we? I would love nothing. We didn't more. Ma- we didn't make up any of that stuff. We were stringing pearls. <laughs> if now we have a pretty little necklace. What? Sounds like you you're say? trying to find a nice way to say I was doing drugs. Yeah, we were just straying pearls. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, or it could be words. It's actually it's actually a kind of a bad sexual connotation, but we won't go into that. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, 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 Jason. Now I know. Hey, I didn't make it up. <laughs> I didn't invent that. Well, you have to say that now I have it in my head. <laughs> Well, you're at college. I think it's what I've already known. Well, I didn't know. Are all your that. friends terrible people? Or is it yes. just me? <laughs> I think it's just you. No, I'm Oh, man. I think, well, I do think I am one of the most inappropriate. <laughs> and you're the one who's, yeah, with the scriptures on your walls. Like, I'm the one who's always reading my Bible all the time, and I'm like the one who always makes a dirty joke. It's probably not good. No, it probably isn't. Probably confuses people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are you religious? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I have a 
pillow that she bought just let you ignorant slide, so. <laughs> you have that? Yeah, it's on my bed. Oh, well, that's cool. Under a strip shirt. <laughs> it makes you more relatable, you know, more worldly. Yeah. <laughs> trying to be like the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's compromise. Yeah. That's a great plan. That's what Jesus said to you. <laughs> well, that's a great way to end this, so. <laughs> with Perfect. that. <laughs> yeah, with I that, get more pills from your roommate and enjoy college. Yeah, that's my plan, so. <laughs> All right. Sounds great. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. See ya.